Welcome to the Quartering Podcast for Friday, the 11th of November. First up, Elon Musk just fired the most hated man at Twitter and the FTC is angry. Yoel Roth, out. Well, 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 well. Looks like enemy number one, the man who uh, censored the president's son's laptop story on Twitter, the man who called conservatives uh, the R word and, and Trump supporters, the actual bad guys from WW2. Uh, the man that used Twitter to censor sitting president, the man who wrote terms of service to stifle people he hated, allegedly, is now out at Twitter. This was the second head uh, of the Vijaya Gaudi two-headed censorship monster. And it looks like conflicting reports are out there. He may have been fired by Elon. He may have stormed out in a tizzy, but... Most importantly, the man is gone. Now, a quick search of Yoel's name on Twitter. You see Matt Wallace, Elon Musk just fired Yoel Roth. Twitter, Twitter's controversial head of trust and safety, Ben Collins, can't confirm Yoel Roth left Twitter. Mass exodus today of people focused on user safety and compliance. It's like three people, okay? Um, Liz Wheeler writing Yoel Roth's censored this, uh, the president's son's story. Um, you know, disclose if you just in, Twitter's head of trust and safety and head of sales, Robin Wheeler, are both departing the company. So two two people. I, I don't really call that a mass exodus. New hearing that top executives remaining at Twitter, head in trust and safety, Yoel Roth and head of sales, both resigned today. So I don't know if he's fired or resigned. When you add in that Musk told employees this afternoon that bankruptcy is possible, it feels like Twitter's almost collapsing in real time. It isn't. Uh, this is like... One of the most hilarious uh, uh, overreactions you see here by the Post Millennial, which uh, writes, breaking woke head of trust and safety, Yul Roth is leaving Twitter. It appears that he, that famously woke head of trust and safety is leaving. Yul Roth, uh, Bloomberg reports that Yul Roth and Robin Wheeler, two executives who until today had emerged as part of Elon Musk's new leadership team, have resigned according to another person familiar with the matter. Who had, who had not asked to be identified for discussing. Despite initial reports, it appears that Robin Wheeler is actually still with the company. So initial, everybody wrote this. He writes, I'm still here. So I don't know exactly what that means. Doesn't sound like, uh, you know, an important update about official. So she didn't quit. So that's a lie. Okay, well, great. Debunked in real time. At the time of Musk's acquisition, prominent conservatives warned him not to trust Roth. You will never restore public trust at Twitter when the guy in charge thinks 100 million Americans who support America first are literally the bad guys from WW2, Newsmax's Benny Johnson said. Roth had been a face of reassurance to many liberals who expressed concern about staff cuts and how it would affect the company's moderation abilities. Yesterday's reduction in force affected approximately 15% of our trust and safety organization, he tweeted in response to concerns from the left and prominent liberal public figures. Our frontline moderating staff is experiencing the least impact. Some celebrities made a show of announcing on Twitter that they would be departing. Actress and co-host of, of The View, Whoopi Goldberg, was one of those people. Nobody cares about her. Just to give you a better idea of who Yoel Roth really was, he graced the front page of the New York Post with the headline, Ministry of Tweet. And you see here, meet one of Twitter's, quote, neutral fact checkers meant to police Trump. 
some of his tweets. Yoel Roth saying, I'm just saying we fly over those states that voted for a racist tangerine for a reason. Also writing, yes, that person in pink is a pink in a pink hat is clearly a bigger threat to your brand of feminism. Actual Nazis in the White House. Elon initially did defend him, and I suspected because he thought Yoel had some knowledge to where the bodies were buried. Remember this tweet back on October 30th. Uh, watch tell and Twitter board deliberately hid evidence from the court. Stay tuned, more to come. And he highlights, I think these are Slack messages, um, Yul Roth, but also if Amir continues to BS me, my escalation route is Amir's OKRs are entirely based on fraudulent metrics. He's talking about bot percentages. And he doesn't care, may actively be trying to hide the ball, literally what Elon is accusing us of doing. Liz Wheeler writes, this isn't surprising. Yul Roth is a nasty individual, should have been first person fired. Yul Roth once called Trump a, uh, actual bad guy from WW2 and... Uh, a, a tangerine and Elon supporter. We've all made some questionable tweets. This, I, I, I'm, I'm suspecting, uh, I, I have a feeling I know what happened here. Uh, to start the story, they wrote, Twitter exec who censored the posts reporting on uh, the president's son's laptop and brazenly likened members of the Trump administration to the bad guys from WW2 has just quit days after getting public support from new boss Elon Musk. Now, was he quit? Did, did he quit? Was he fired? Who knows? Yoel Roth, 35 until Wednesday, had continued pushing the site's shifting policies on trolling and hateful conduct and appeared alongside new owner Musk, 51, in defending the platform in a crunch meeting with advertisers the very same day. But Twitter staffers were told on Slack Thursday that Roth was the latest key exec to have resigned, according to employees. Roth also confirmed his exit by changing his bio on the site he'd worked for at least for seven years to former head of trust and safety at Twitter. The long continuous, long continuous exact contentious, sorry, was just one of the latest key figures who joined the exodus during the unprecedented crisis that Musk uh, this week admitted could end in bankruptcy. It's not going to end in bankruptcy. Um, he didn't buy the company. If he's talking about bankruptcy, he's probably talking about like using the uh, using the uh, like financial system to get out from some of the debt. I, I don't know. Um, you know, Elon Musk certainly has plenty of money to keep this company running. Uh, almost certainly. You see, Damien Kieran changed his uh, bio to ex chief privacy officer, sharing a photo of him leaving behind his laptop and Twitter passes, calling it a time honored tradition. Similarly, Leah Kissiner changed her bio to now former chief information security officer telling her 25,000 followers, I've made the hard decision to leave Twitter. Proud Twitter client solutions leader, Robin Wheeler, fired back at rumors she'd been quitting, saying, I'm still here. The exodus came as Musk warned, he will slash half of the site's 7,500 staffing members. And after he fired Chief Executive, Executive Prague Argawal. I mean, you know, I think that uh, this is still all much ado about nothing. You know, you see uh, uh, the Washington Post owned by Jeff Bezos, who uh, loves to write junk about Tesla and Elon Musk. Twitter's content moderation had quits as departures alarm the FTC. I mean, honestly, in your honest opinion, has your experience on Twitter really changed that much since Elon bought it? 
mine hasn't. I'm not seeing a new wave of anything bad. Um, I think the verification issue um, has been uh, kind of bad in its rollout. In fact, I've got a separate video on how it may have cost uh, a single company billions of dollars yesterday. Um, you know, it's it's it may open Twitter up to lawsuits too. I don't know. Um, Twitter's content moderation head quits as departures alarm the FTC. By the way, I'll be working Saturday too. It's my plan to upload videos tomorrow. So if you haven't yet, please do make sure to click that red subscribe button down below. Uh, it's the only way you really find my videos. And I know you might have to create an account, but I greatly, greatly appreciate it. Whether you're watching on YouTube, BitChute, Odyssey, or Rumble, your subscription means the world to me. San Francisco, several top executives resigned on Twitter from Twitter on Thursday, some of whom cited fears over risks from Elon Musk's leadership in a stunning exodus that prompted federal regulators to warn that they might step in. One of the most surprising was the company's head of moderation and safety, Yul Roth. It's like people think there's no vice head or there's not somebody right below him that can take over the job immediately. Would become the public face of the company's efforts to reassure users and advertisers on Twitter would not descend into a free-for-all. On Wednesday, he appeared on Twitter spaces in public meeting to defend the companies to advertisers alongside Elon Musk. Roth was one of a number of resignations, including Chief Information Security Officer Lee Kistner, uh, the company's Chief Privacy Officer, and Chief Compliance Officer. Great. See ya. You know, I, it's, it's, I'm sure they, they have a ton of money. And they were probably just sticking around until their stocks got vested anyway. Uh, and they probably didn't like the idea of having to work a little extra hard. Um, the idea that the FTC is talking about stepping in, this is all bluster. They'll replace these positions. Elon Musk is not like, I know a lot of people don't like him. And hey, if you don't like Tesla or you don't like whatever, that's your own opinion. But you know, there's people out there like, well, he didn't actually officially start Twitter or uh, uh, Tesla, okay, sure. But did he buy a company with, you know, with the, in its existing form? No, they didn't have a product at the time. Um, you know, I think it's probably a concerning look, uh, especially with the way the checkmark stuff went out, which I'll report in a separate video because that's, that's a developing one. I want to wait that for my second video of the day because it's definitely, uh, it's potentially very bad. Um, Robin Wheeler, still there. Fine. You know, Jack Basobic tweeting, breaking woke head of trust and safety. Yul Roth is leaving Twitter. Good about effing time. Now let's get down to some serious business. Bye. After Elon praised him, either Elon found something or Yul realized he was going to. I think what happened was Elon was only keeping him around to find out what he knew about the bots. And then Yul wasn't going to tell him. So Elon made it untenable to stay employed. And next up today, Elon Musk savagely destroys entitled Twitter employee and moves in to Twitter HQ. Now, I don't know how much like more there is to this clip. Uh, I sincerely hope that the entire meeting was recorded because just the sound of entitlement in this employee's voice is everything that you would hope it would be. I mean, imagine being a whatever employee number one, two, seven, nine, and telling your CEO and Elon Musk that essentially you're smarter than him and that, uh, and that he should just like, listen to you. Now, look, CEOs don't know everything about everything, especially in like the technical aspects of the job. 
they hire people around them to do the job uh, and then they understand things at a high level. But this interaction is perhaps the most delicious yet as more audio leaks and Elon moves in to Twitter HQ. Exclusive audio. Elon Musk tells Twitter employees to return to office or resignation accepted. Now, when you hear it though, when you hear it, it just hits different. And of course, now that Elon is moving in and working right out of Twitter HQ, I think you can expect a lot more of these audio leaks and a lot more of, uh, of hilarity going on at Twitter headquarters. One thing that I have found is that's been really funny is just how the media continues to run. Like earlier today when I talked about Yul Roth quitting, like, oh my God, the FTC is going to be, everybody's collapsing, the whole thing's collapsing. Let me ask you this. If you use Twitter, did it change really at all once Elon took over? I didn't for me. Did it change, you know, did it change when he fired 4,000 people, 50% of the headcount of the company? Nope, didn't change one bit. And then like the uh, Washington Post and all these people are running. Oh, former Twitter executive says it's standing on stick figures and it, it's standing on toothpicks. It's going to collapse at any moment. And yet everything just seems to be working just fine. Elon Musk told Twitter staff during an all-hands meeting Thursday that they need to return to the office full-time or resignation accepted. Now, I want to play the actual call, the actual audio here, and break it down because there's a lot going on in 21 seconds. By the way, I know I've got a lot of Twitter news going on. I'm trying to bring in other news, but like this is hard to look away from. But just so you know, I cover video games and you know pop culture and, and movies, so I'm sure we'll have some box office videos tomorrow about Black Panther, Wakanda Forever. Uh, remember, white people, you're not supposed to see that movie until next weekend, according to social media. Um, and uh, so I really, really appreciate all the new subscribers, all my existing subscribers. If you haven't yet, there's a red subscribe button down below. Please do click it. Uh, it's really the only way you'll find my videos, and it's really helping the channel. So I, I just can't thank you enough. Even if people return to the office, the offices are separate offices. We won't be in person anyways. This is an employee talking directly to Elon Musk, who I assume does not work there anymore, in response to the everyone come back to work. Now, there are various arguments about work at home and that, you know, there is data that says when allowing people to work from home can be more productive, um, that it isn't necessarily the same drop-off that maybe people used to think. But Elon Musk is not that guy. He wants everyone in the office as long as they can, unless they're like really, really good at their job. Basically, what Elon is saying is like, if you're the top of your field or you're the top of the company, one of the top workers or producers, you can work from home. What this employee is saying is like, ha <laughs> idiot. We all have our own offices, which by the way, bring back the cube. I think when you start giving everyone their own office, that's when the elitism starts happening. Uh, and you know, I work for a company Internet, an internet incubator, and we had several open offices, and it was like a big deal to give someone an office because just the perception that your boss is like behind a closed door, it makes you feel less available. Like I, even I had an office because I had to do like high level, you know, conference calls and stuff like that. I never closed my door unless I was on a call. Like you want to be accessible. Um, so this person's like, listen, Elon, you idiot. We all have our own offices, so it's like we're not really going to be in person anyway, okay? 
the offices are separate offices. We won't be in person anyways. Yes, but you can still maximize the amount of in-person activity. Meaning, yes, but you can still have a meeting with 10 people face-to-face -face anytime you want. Twitter is not in one place. Tesla is not in one place either. Uh, but, you know, I, it's basically, if you, not, if you can show up at an office and you do not show up at the office, resignation accepted. End of story. <laughs> Now, this is him dealing with a petulant employee who can't read the policy, can't read the room, doesn't understand who Elon is. I am sure that Elon does not like to get questioned. That doesn't mean that he's always right. He's made a lot of mistakes in his life. Um, but you just don't right now. It's like if I were working at Twitter I, and, I, and like assuming I'm making two to $400,000 a year, I'm keeping my head. I just survived a 50% layoff. I'm not going to whine and complain about keeping my six-figure job because I have to come into work. Now, there are people that probably took the job on the basis that they could work from home. And maybe their life is set up in a way that they cannot come into the office. Maybe, they have, maybe they're the stay-at-home parent. Maybe they're the... So, I mean, I think that, um, you know, for them, Elon should make exceptions, especially if it was like a basis of their hiring. Um, and it's not, he hasn't said that he won't make exceptions at all. Uh, so there's plenty of people. So he's saying, look, I don't allow this at Tesla. I'm not allowing it here. You know, Twitter began layoffs on Friday that will cut roughly half of its workforce. The company announced in an email. Now, I'm assuming that the people that left, the other executives that, that left, uh, are probably people that didn't want to come back into the office. And that's their choice. Uh, that's an incredible amount of privilege. I assume they have a lot of money in the bank. Maybe they have a set of skills that they feel like they can transfer pretty quickly. But the economy isn't that great right now. And there's 15,000 other recently laid off tech people. If it were me, I wouldn't be so quick to jump ship. But maybe, who knows, Yoel Roth is like the head of some department. Maybe he's got millions of dollars in Twitter stock. I don't know. Uh, it's possible. Uh, and so maybe he's just piecing out or the marketing person or ad sales person. They might be have a ton of money or they just don't want to come into work. They're volunteering to leave. But that's exactly what uh, Elon wants. Elon knows, and I've said this on Twitter and I'll say it again. Elon knows that that company doesn't need more than a couple hundred people to run. Um, you might make the argument, well, they have 2,000 content moderators. That could certainly be automated. Um, you know, the idea that, I mean, WhatsApp uh, served 350 million people with about 50 staff, five zero staff. Twitter had nearly 8,000. Um, the fact that they're still at 4,000, I, I would predict that Elon is going to keep his thumb on these people to squeeze out all the other weak people. I bet you he wants to get down to about 2,500 relatively quickly. Uh, and he's going to do it by uh, grinding their D's in the dirt, especially, you know, in particular. Um, and you can see Musk's Twitter wants to take on YouTube, the Snapchat creator who posts 100 videos a day. I mean, yeah, of course he wants to take on YouTube. He wants to take on YouTube, Snapchat, all the stuff he's got. He can, too. And he sent a new email uh, today, too. You know, you have Slate. Twitter's in grave security danger right now. No, it isn't. It's fine. Now, uh, this Elon Musk is now working out of 
Twitter headquarters thanks employees for long hours. On Friday, Twitter's new owner, Elon Musk, sent a company-wide email to employees of the social media giant thanking them for working long hours since he took over on October 28th. Musk said that he had personally stayed at Twitter's headquarters office in San Francisco late Thursday night as well. He invited employees who have returned to the staff, uh, returned to the San Francisco office who survived last week's 50% reduction in workforce to come visit with him. Overnight, Twitter also appeared to posit $7.99 a month Twitter Blue subscription service, which allowed people, users of the social network, to pay it uh, to attain a blue verified checkmark. Many users abused the new subscriber badge to impersonate brands and famously and famous people who acquired blue checks via the company's original verification system. Uh, we saw what happened with the um, Eli Lilly thing. Now they're trying to say that that's because he, uh, you know, that they impersonated him and the stock dropped and they lost millions of dollars, billions of dollars. It doesn't actually appear to be a lot of truth to that. It seems to be coincidental, but the media picked that up. So I think that he's uh, probably going to uh, rethink rolling that back out. I don't know if I've lost mine or not. I don't care. Like I said, I just wanted to be able to upload my videos there, which I'll start doing next week. Interesting, uh, interesting wake up call for a lot of these people who have been spending the last year, few years of their lives at what appears to be based on the videos I've seen adult daycare with, you know, a roof with wine on tap and cafe mocha lattes and you know, these people have never actually done any real work. And I predict you're going to see a big group uh, continue to leave and probably another round of layoffs early next year. That's just my prediction. And next up, Dave Rubin and the Daily Wire CEO rage like AOC about Twitter changes and having to talk to plebs. Hey, I mean, look, look, I'm not canceling anybody, okay? I just want to point out that there are elites on all sides of the aisle and this new Twitter verification system, which <laughs> went through a, a major uh, oopsie yesterday, which I'll talk about in a different video, but um, it's exposing a lot of it. It's, a, it's exposing a lot of people that don't wanna rub shoulders with the plebs, with the people that made them famous, with the people that retweet their tweets, the people that buy their merch, the people that uh, buy their razors. They're the people that subscribe to their monthly subscription service for uh, content, people that spend their hard-earned money to support them, to lift them up. Many, many people seem to have outed themselves as uh, not, very, not being very interested in talking with the regular schmo, the, the person that made them who they are. And it's, it's very frustrating. And I think, you know, I took it a little personally yesterday, probably made a bigger deal out of it than it really should be. I'm not saying that like Dave Rubin or um, uh, Jeremy Boring, the owner of uh, Daily Wire, are like evil individuals and I hate them. I just was offended as a content creator. And I think that, I think that people understand that. I want to go you know, kind of go through where this all started, okay? We all had a lot of fun roasting Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez for this take, right? Wait, so people can pay $8 to get verified? Does that mean strangers can just pay to get into their mentions tab? Because that will make following public conversations with journalists, outlets, and others 
almost impossible to track. Instagram has this issue and it's unusable in that regard. It definitely seems like a tool that's ripe for targeted harassment. Then Jeremy Boring, the owner and self-ascribed God King of Daily Wire writes, I think selling blue check marks for $8 will ruin Twitter almost immediately. A major part of the magic of Twitter is that prominent people engage on the platform with each other and with less prominent people too. They are far, far less likely to do so now. And he got obviously properly ratioed there. And it's, it's frustrating as a content creator to see another content creator essentially say that I prefer the old system of uh, plebs and the anointed ones. This whole like, and, and this whole like, um, I'm going to explain this whole smoke screen too that they all seem to fall back on, right? And again, I'm not saying, oh my God, Jeremy Warren Boring is canceled. Oh my God, Dave Rubin is canceled. No, but I'm just saying if I'm going to be intellectually honest and fair-handed when people on the right uh, cr have cringe takes about their precious verification check marks. I'm going to call that out too. And then Dave Rubin chimes in and says, just need a filter on the verify verification tab. Now, a lot of people have fairly pointed out that, you know, Rubin is and has been, uh, you know, uh, fair in terms of, you know, he said, it's brilliant what Elon Musk did with the blue checks. One of the biggest problems on Twitter, which translates to real world problems, was all the verified quote journalists who got verified through corporate overlords. Now the playing field is even the thing they hate the most. So people are saying, Jeremy, Dave Rubin had a good take on the checkmark thing. And he says, I do think it should could be cleaned up some, have some filters like people you know or follow. I just want to point this out, okay? That tweet has 21 replies, okay? The idea, and so people are people fairly say, Jeremy, you're making this a big deal. Like, why, it should get, he's just saying it needs a filter. Well, YouTube, first of all, already has numerous filter features. For example, if you only wanted to interact with verified blue check marks, you could simply set your tweets to the, that the only people that can reply are people you follow. This tool exists right now. You could also, uh, you know, follow those people directly or indirectly, or you could, you know, um, only follow verified people. You can filter all sorts of ways. So what I'm saying is no, Dave Rubin isn't just asking for a filter here because what he really wants to do is filter out the unwashed masses. And when you see this boring tweet, uh, it makes me think of this. Corporate needs you to find the differences between this picture and this picture. Intel has told us there were at least seven. Okay, I already see one, give me. Okay. They're the same picture. And so I, I did reply to Dave and I said, thanks for revealing yourself as just another elitist who doesn't want to be bothered by the plebs who made you rich. And he did reply to me. The only reason he replied to me is because he saw me as verified tab. I am sure of it. 
if you have hundreds of thousands or millions of followers in the mentions tab, the mentions tab is useless without some filters, perhaps just for one for people that you follow. Then you select when you want to see different things, find a better enemy, essentially saying like, don't yell at me. I just don't want to talk to the plebs. Um, here's the thing. I can look at Dave Rubin's mentions and I can look at Dave Rubin's tweet, tweets and replies. Do you ever see him interacting with somebody who's not verified checkmark? Looks like everybody he talks to is a verified checkmark. This is not a man that wants to talk to regular people. He only talks to checkmarks. Okay? So I don't believe that it's about his menchies. This is a man that very rarely... Here's a tweet from November 10th, from yesterday. 26 replies. You're telling me that 26 comments on a tweet is just too much for you to go through. You need to filter that down to only the people that the old system said were important. Again, is this a big deal? No. Okay, it's not. But let's not pretend that, I mean, I'm all the way down. All I see is Dave Rubin replying to verified check marks. That's it. Okay, so I don't buy the my menchies because this is a guy that doesn't routinely won't get more than 30 or 40 replies on a tweet. So it really isn't that difficult to keep that sort of thing handled. Here's 11 tweets or 11 replies. Again, all nothing but verified checkmark interaction. That's all Dave Rubin wants to use Twitter for is the uh, interacting with the anointed ones. So I don't have anything personally against Dave Rubin. I really don't. But like, I, I don't, I, I, am, I am sensitive to my viewers who, you know, you should give yourself, you should be giving your viewers some access and they shouldn't have to pay money to talk to you. Uh, it's like when I, it's like when people live stream and they don't read like I have to read every super chat and I legitimately feel like garbage if I miss one. And then I also make sure I try, I give equal time when possible to write like just regular comments and chat. You shouldn't have to pay to talk to me. There is like, and look what Dave Rubin made a bunch of money selling locals. Um, Jeremy boring is obviously a multi, multi, multi-millionaire. But these are the same takes as prominent leftists. Jacksepticeye, new Twitter sucks. Ludwig, I realize the only reason I liked a checkmark was because the verification tab acted like a mutuals tab. Getting big likes is cool and all, but as a dude who plays video games in his basement, most of the time, it's nice to keep up relationships with friends I know. Don't you have their phone numbers? Don't you have a DM group? I have lots of DM groups. You don't need to keep up with them publicly. And again, also, you can simply interact you know, with your tweets. You can filter to only people you follow. But the, it's like, again, here's Connor. All these Twitter changes are hot garbage. What, what hot changes other than the check marks? So a lot of people are trying to candy coat their own elitism and their own uh, disdain for the unwashed masses.
And this isn't a take on the left or the right that's exclusive. It's everywhere. And so when AOC has the same garbage take as Jeremy Boring, I'm pretty sure that you can call it out. Now, am I saying, you know, there are always people who watch this video. This video will probably get big dislike because people are like, oh, I don't like you picking on, you know, the same team. I'm not on the same team with Daily Wire. I'm on the same team with my viewers. And I think that it's extremely disrespectful to, I didn't know this is what they were doing. I assumed like me, they interacted with their viewers happily all the time. But when you start looking at their replies, it's like, oh, they only ever reply to other people who are verified. And now they're whining that there are people who paid to get into their mentions. It's, it's really embarrassing if for, for conservatives and for commentators to, to be out like that and protect. It's like so out of touch. It's like, dude, you're a multimillionaire because of the plebs. You know, I have 1.35 million subscribers or 1.3 million subscribers. I bet you there's some of them that have a lot more wealth than I do. But the idea that every one of them would have to pay to interact with me or they'd have to be notable to interact with me is, is insanity. And uh, so it's just, it sucks. I'll never use my verified tab on Twitter. I think that's cringe. I think this whole smoke screen about, but Mementis is just baloney sausage. I mean, it's just junk. I mean, yeah, if you're AOC and you're getting like, you know, you know, 20,000, here's 300 replies on that. Like these are totally manageable mentions, by the way. Here's a retweet with 500 comments. You can't read 500 comments. I do it every day. I, re I read the comments on my videos. By the way, you're also an elected official. And next up, the Netflix Witcher debacle gets worse after Henry Cavill quits. Well, this is awfully embarrassing for the writers of the Witcher show on Netflix. I know there's a lot going on with Elon Musk, but I'm trying to stay loyal to my viewers who don't want 15 videos a day about Elon Musk. Although I do admit, it has been pretty, pretty fun finding a lot of new viewers. If you're new here, uh, this is what I do five, six times a day, six days a week. All I ever ask is if you leave a like, is that you leave a like. And if you haven't yet, hopefully I'll earn your subscription. Plus, I also need to upgrade, update my set. It's a little Halloween-y still. We're into November. It's Thanksgiving time. Now, how it started. Some of the Witcher show's writers actively dislike the books and games. Now, if you saw over the past couple of weeks, news broke that Henry Cavill had decided to leave The Witcher. Now, there are many reasons why this could have been the case. Maybe he decided he wanted to go be Superman again, as we know that he has returned at least to play Superman in the Flash movie, um, I think, or something like some other movie. There's no new Superman movie in development, I think is what I heard. Um, we also knew um, that Henry Cavill had said that he would be willing to, This I'm paraphrasing his quote, but it is pretty darn close, essentially said that he was willing to commit to the full run of The Witcher as long as the writers uh, stayed true to the author's material. Then, two weeks ago, this article comes out. Some of The Witcher show writers actively dislike the books and games. The Witcher has, has been big, and I think somewhat unexpected hit for Netflix, and since so while remaining relatively reasonably faithful to the original source material, but according to writer-producer Bo DeMeo, not everyone on the Witcher's writing team was so enthusiastic about sticking to the Witcher author 
uh, Andres Sepkowski's version. Now, remember, Henry Cavill had said, hey, I'll do this as long as they stay faithful to the book, essentially. DeMeo, who had, who's serving as head writer on the animated X-Men project that's set to debut in 2023, told Direct that he was careful to ensure that only X-Men fans were hired for the writing team because of bad experiences he's had with non-fans on other shows, one in particular. I've been on shows, namely Witcher, where some of the writers were not fans or actively disliked the books and games, even actively mocking the source material, DeMeo said. It's a recipe for disaster and bad morale. Fandom has a litmus test, checks egos, and makes all the long nights worth it. You have to respect the work before you're allowed to add to its legacy. Chris DeMeo was credited as a writer on two episodes of Netflix's Witcher series and co-produced on two others. He also co-produced and wrote the screenplay for The Witcher, Nightmare of the Wolf, the animated tale. Now, here's the thing. Showrunner Lauren Hisrich also paid tribute to Sapkowski's work, telling IGN ahead of the show's debut that we're all big fans of the books. We're all big fans of the video games as well, but this is solely based on the books, and that's what we drew, really drew inspiration from, starting with the short stories. The reaction to DeMeo's revelation on social media has been what you might expect, described as split. Some say it's impressive that The Witcher was so good despite Discord in the writer's room. Others say that the writer's room Discord explains why The Witcher failed to live up to its promises. A few pointed out, and think that it's probably the fairest take, that good scriptwriters should be able to adapt and improve on source material even when they find it subpar, and that Sapkowski's original work isn't beyond reproach. I mean, sure, but isn't that interesting that Henry Cavill, who again said, I'm happy to play Geralt as long as it stays, you know, loyal to the source material, recently quit the show. Now Netflix gets even more embarrassed. And by the way, I've reached out to Lauren. Some of you know I actually have a direct line to her or a line to her. I don't know how often she's on Twitter anymore these days <clears throat> to try and confirm this. I doubt she'd confirm or deny it to me, but I tried. In light of the news that Henry Cavill has voluntarily declined to return to Netflix as The Witcher fans of the series have launched a petition asking the streaming gen to do what they can to entice the now former star back into the boots of Geralt of Rivia starting with a full replacement of the adaptation's writing team. Andrzej Sepskowski himself said about Cavill, I was more than happy with Henry Cavill's appearance as the Witcher. He's a real pro. Just as Viggo Mortensen gave his face to Aragorn, so Henry gave his face to Geralt, and where it shall be forever so. Ma introduced the petition, citing comments given by the Witcher's creator in 2019 interview with People Magazine. Quote, Henry isn't leaving the Witcher because of Superman. Netflix executives have once again made a grave decision uh, against delivering for their fans, they argued. The reason why The Witcher is such a popular show and fans of this because fans of the source material and books and games that hated that are hated by or actively have been mocked by some of the writers and the showrunner, Bach continued, Henry Cavill is one of those fans. He knows all of the insides and outs and wanted to stay true to Sapkowski's world, which is why Netflix wants to replace him. Maybe. Moving the rally to the public cause, Ma said, let, uh, let us show them in pure numbers and thus lost money because that's what they care about, that none of us Witcher fans will stand with them and will abandon the show and potentially our subscriptions after the Witcher season three is concluded because he's still Geralt after season three or for season three. Netflix can only exist because all of us pay the monthly to produce the content that is entertaining for us. Unfortunately, all public information points towards the production team making decisions that are completely opposite of the fans and our interests. Well, here's where things get kind of embarrassing. 
as of this writing, Moss Petition has 73,000 signatures, far more than its original goal of 50,000, and just shy of its recently updated endgame, 75,000. We already had to suffer through the disaster that was the end of Game of Thrones. Ma cautioned in the conclusion of the petition statement Netflix, don't repeat the exact same mistakes of holding on to writers and showrunners that believe themselves to be superior to the actual creator of the stories that made them successful. Yeah. I mean, <clears throat> this is pretty embarrassing. If you go to the actual petition itself, it is now, <laughs> oh my God. 144,000 people. Now, Henry Cavill has not come out and like, I think that it, it would be kind of like crummy if people were like, oh, well, Henry Cavill hasn't come out and said anything directly. So he's just not doing that because he's a consummate pro and he really just hates us. We don't know <clears throat> until he comes out and says something, which he never will do. Um, there's just not going to be, we're not going to know. But it's interesting to me that so many people are willing to sign this. I mean, 70, 150,000, the writers suck. Henry Cavill is Geralt. The writers should be fans of the franchise. Now, they said some of the writers, not all of the writers. But to have 144,000 people, I mean, this will hit 150,000 after I, after I make this video, almost certainly. You start to wonder, is Netflix... Are they going to listen? Because then this rag, I mean, it's we got this covered, so, you know. But it says, Netflix has a Liam Hemsworth-sized problem on its hand as the Witcher petition closes in 150,000 signatures. Recastings happens in Hollywood, Hollywood all the time, but very rarely do they involve the star of one of the most popular shows on the biggest streaming service in the business dropping out to be replaced by an actor the fans have made abundantly clear they do not support. As a result, Netflix has a massive problem on, its, problem on its hands when it comes to The Witcher. Now, I don't have anything against Hemsworth. I mean, I don't know. I, I don't think I've ever reported on him, so that's probably a good thing. Uh, so for a lot of years, there's no point whatsoever in continuing on the small screen adventures revolving around Geralt of Rivia without Cavill in the lead role. I would agree with that. Something that's made, been made perfectly clear by the demands for The Witcher to, to be canceled altogether instead of having Lee Hemsworth step in as a leading man nobody seems to want. To make things even more transparent to the bigwigs at the company, a petition demanding the entire creative team gets fired so that Cavill can return to the continent is fast closing in 150,000 on change.org, which means the campaign has increased its support almost tenfold in less than a week. While petitions and online movements rarely yield tangible results, if we look at it on the macro level, it's bad news for Netflix. The Witcher is now all but guaranteed to suffer a huge drop-off in viewing figures whenever Season 4 arrives, while Hemsworth is now placed in the unfortunate position of inheriting a role he auditioned for several years back that he's clearly eager to play, but the actor will no doubt find himself completely inaudible, un utterly untenable to stem the overwhelming, overwhelming tides of discontent. I mean, <clears throat> I don't think it's fair to, to blame Hemsworth. Um, and also, like, I think that it's a reasonable assumption that Henry did not like where the show was going. And so he quietly kind of dipped out. I also think that it's reasonable to, uh, to say that we don't know for sure um, that that's why he left. Um, I don't think, 
you know, I think Henry's been pretty much above reproach. He's been, you know, really a pro fan kind of guy. So I would suspect that he's never really going to give us any reason why he left. But you'll have to watch now if Netflix makes any moves. Do they replace writers? I mean, if you replace writers and you don't bring Henry back, then what's the point? And later today, Twitter facing bankruptcy, according to Elon Musk, and leftist media goes insane with lies. Media is salivating over this throwaway line uh, from Elon Musk. Apparently, uh, you know, Twitter's uh, filing bankruptcy, as well as more articles from uh, outlets like Mashable, a leftist media outlet, saying Twitter is dead. It's all over. By the way, uh, shout out to everyone. I don't, I, I, you know, at some point I probably won't work Saturdays, but I'm really glad that you tuned in. And uh, if you're here and you aren't currently a subscriber, I hope today will be the day. Earn your subscription. There's a little button down below to subscribe. It's very difficult to find my videos in YouTube search, and it helps the channel immensely when you subscribe. So uh, please, I do appreciate it. Elon Musk reportedly said Twitter could file for bankruptcy uh, next year. Mm, I don't know about all that. Elon Musk's tenure at Twitter is getting bumpier, got even bumpier on Thursday, as he reportedly told employees during an emergency all-hand meeting that he cannot rule out the company filing for bankruptcy in the next year. Musk made the announcement during the all-hands meeting after an employee asked about the company's current run rate, according to both the information and platformer managing editor Zoe Schiffer. And we've got, you know, we've got this one too. Uh, this person is hilarious. We'll, we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Musk also reportedly told employees that if they weren't physically at the office 40 hours a week, they might as well file for the resignation letters. Musk has been adamant about workers returning to the office, even though Twitter previously allowed workers to work from anywhere. Several Twitter executives have stepped down within recent days, including Chief Information Officer, that announced they were leaving the firm earlier Tuesday. Look, I, these executives probably work from home just as much as anybody, and they're the ones with enough money to peace out. I mean, I assume that's that's what's happening here. Like, They have big, fat salaries. They had big, fat stock options that got paid out, and so they're just noping out because they've gotten used to working from home or they've adjusted their lifestyle around working from home, and they're just piecing out or maybe they don't want to work they don't want to go be back in the rat race now which is essentially what it seems like elon's making them do he's making everyone start over in addition to kistner twitter's head of ad sales robin wheeler and head of trust and safety yul roth have left the company wheeler hosted a twitter q a with musk on wednesday designed to help relax advertisers concerns that it would be able to moderate user content enough to spread prevent the spread of misinformation and the fake hicks hate speech well I mean, have you felt like quote unquote misinformation has been worse on Twitter? I talked about this the other day. I don't really feel like my Twitter experience is different at all. The turmoil comes as Musk attempts to monetize Twitter in any way, including in introducing a controversial $8 a month per month verification badge. But trolls have already found a way to abuse the service by signing up for new accounts, purchasing the badge, and masquerading as influential figures. In a rare move, the FTC issued a warning to Twitter with a spokesperson saying the commission is watching closely with, quote, deep concern. It's so funny how, I mean, like, if you want to know how corrupt the system is, where the hell were all these organizations two weeks ago? Two weeks ago. You know, all these, oh, Twitter's dead. Twitter's dying. It, it's been a week. 
They only care because Elon owns it now. A number of big name advertisers, including Volkswagen, GM, and General Mills have pulled or paused advertising. None of them pulled. They all just paused. Since then, I feel like I have to editorialize every single piece of reporting because it's all so ridiculous. So this is Zoe Schiffer, a managing editor at Platformer, um, something that nobody reads. Um, you see on November 10th, new senior member of Twitter's legal team just posted this message in Slack. Everyone should know that our chief information officer and chief compliance officer all resigned last night. This news will be buried in the return to office drama. I believe that is intentional. Uh, you see 22 hours ago, LOL, Twitter sent an HR email to every laid off employee acknowledging it's late, getting people their separation agreements and release of claims, but the company messed up the BCC. So it has become a reply, all catastrophe. I mean, this person's trying to like, you know, make their entire career off of uh, coping and seething about Twitter. And it seems to be working. Twitter has suspended the launch of Twitter blue and is actively trying to stop people from subscribing to help address information issues. The announcement was posted on Slack, quote, an update on what we did tonight, hid the entry point to Twitter blue, added an official label for only advertisers. Note, here is the least, uh, here is at least one way users for sign up for blue. Legacy blue owners can still go to subscriptions and upgrade. Note, existing blue subscribers will still have access to their blue features. Twitter has also disabled blue from being purchased on Apple iOS. Okay. Could Twitter go bankrupt? Why Elon Musk talk of Twitter bankruptcy is premature. Yeah, no kidding. I think that Musk is, he's just, everything's always on the table. I don't think he's actually thinking about declaring bankruptcy. Now, there are a lot of reasons or possibilities for why he might declare bankruptcy with the company because, um, you know, it's got a lot of bloat. It's got a lot of debt. These are things that you know, sometimes are a part of a restructure. And so it's it might be interesting to see. Then you have this cope piece from Mashable. Twitter is dead. Maybe. The best nine tweets of the week. Things for Twitter have gone from bad to worse to awful. What's worse than awful? Everything is borderline apocalyptic on the app. Again, really? Is that is that your is that your is that your experience? It's not been mine. It's basically the same in every way it, it's, it's, it's always been. Like, I, I don't think that anything has changed for me. Has, has it changed for you other than like seeing a few more blue check marks? Folks, he said, allegedly there's nothing wrong here. If you create a Twitter blue verified account with a bank's name and register a fake domain close enough to the bank's URL, all you have to do is make a fake login page and collect the login password combos allegedly. Yikes. You can see I can literally can't think of three people who've had a worse month reputationally. Kanye, Elon, and Trump. Again, with who? The people that already hated him? I mean, everybody, I don't know. I, I would have to really talk to an actual employee at the company who isn't politically biased. I really think almost everybody in that company probably hates him. I really do think that. Um, and and nobody's emailed me to tell me any differently. Uh, and you have like this article to like two weeks of chaos inside Elon Musk takeover of Twitter. Mr. Musk ordered immediate layoffs, fired executives by email and laid down product deadlines, transforming the company. That seems like, 
an awesome thing to do. That seems like exactly what uh, a new leader would probably do. Like, I, I don't really understand, you know, the fallout has been excruciating. According to 36%, I'm sorry, according to 36 current and former Twitter employees and people close to the company, as well as internal documents or workplace chat logs, some top executives were summarily fired by email, don't care. One engineering manager, upon being told to cut 100 workers, uh, yacked into a trash can. Others slept in the office as they worked grueling schedules to meet Musk's orders. Twitter, which is under financial pressure from debt and a slumping economy, is now unrecognizable with what it was a month ago. Is it? I don't. And what again, in what way? Like, in in what way is this is this anything like what nothing's changed? There's a massive negative cash flow and bankruptcy is not out of the question, he said, according to a recording heard by the New York Times. Mr. Musk asked that they would need to work strenuously to keep the company afloat. Those who are able to go hardcore and play to win, Twitter is a good place, he said. And those of you who are not totally understand, but then Twitter's not for you. This is exactly what I was talking about. He is grinding these snowflakes down uh, to find the 1500 people who can really flourish. It's unlikely that everybody Twitter hired is complete trash. I mean, I know <laughs> I hear you, but like it's very unlikely. Um, he's trying to find the 1,000 to 1,500 people that can do the work of 3,000. And when he does that, he'll be able to uh, get rid of all the, you know, the, that'll help negative cash flow significantly. I don't know what the exact savings were, but, you know, from hiring or from firing, you know, let's say 4,000 people. But I'm going to assume that their salaries were close to 200K each. Um, you know, that's kind of the average that everybody's been doing. So, I mean, like, that's not nothing. I mean, that's a big check. That's, what, $800 million in salaries cut on day one. It's probably worse than that, especially with the advertising economy. But no, I don't think bankruptcy is actually on the table. I think that he's just saying like, he's just analyzing the situation for as dire as it actually is. Twitter's not going anywhere. Six months from now, it's going to be better than it ever was. I'm 100% certain on that. As long as they bring back all the banned accounts. He needs to do that sooner than later. If he wants to increase account use on, on the platform, although that is kind of an ace in the hole, like... He needs to maybe just keep his head down for a week or two and work, 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 restructure, get that done. And then like maybe on Christmas Day or Christmas Eve, he can restore all these accounts. That would actually be very Elon, by the way. And next up, woke billionaire lost it all overnight. FTX owner and top Democrat donor Sam Bankman-Fried on the run. Now, I've never been a, a big crypto guy. And I don't say that like in terms of like I, I disagree with it or I, I like nothing it. I barely understand it. I barely understand the blockchain. Many of you have tried to coach me, send me very, very kind, thoughtful explanations via email. And, I, and I've learned a little bit over the years. In fact, I even have a crypto wallet with a few bucks in it. Uh, that's a few less bucks basically every day. But, you know, it's a learning experience. And I figured if I wasn't, you know, if I was going to talk about it, I need to get some, I need to get involved. I need to have some skin in the game. Um, well, one of the biggest uh, downfalls, maybe in history, uh, happened this week. 
and it involves crypto. But I'm going to talk about it from a little bit of a different angle. Uh, this is a woke uh, multi-billionaire worth $16 billion and the second largest political donator to the Democrats uh, went from being worth $16 billion to being worth $0 in a week. $16 billion to 0 in a week. I mean, it's like literally get woke, go broke. And he essentially got outmaneuvered by competitors in the market. But uh, I'm sure the Democrats are extraordinarily upset that now they've lost their mega donor who is close to a billion dollars donated to Democrats this year. Um, he's a big eat the bugs guy. You'll own nothing and be happy. From 16 billion to zero, Democrat mega donor Sam Bankman Fried has lost all of his money. The crypto scion had pledged to donate $1 billion to Democrat campaigns. The net worth of crypto science Sam Bankman Fried, who this year promised to donate a billion dollars, is now zero. After his cryptocurrency company FTX declared bankruptcy and Bankman Fried stepped down as CEO, the Democratic mega donor lost his entire $16 billion fortune. The loss is one of the greatest destructions of net worth ever, Bloomberg reported. The downfall of his crypto empire, which, empire which filed for bankruptcy on Friday, along with his resignation, means assets owned by the mogul once likened to John Pierpont Morgan, JP Morgan, have become worthless. At its peak, the 30-year-old was worth $26 billion, and he was still worth almost $16 billion at the start of this week. The Bloomberg Billionaires Index now values FTX's U.S. business, of which Bankman-Fried owns 70% at $1 because of a potential trading halt from $8 billion in January in its fundraising round. On Thursday, Bankman-Fried's philanthropic aides resigned, according to news, uh, um, Puck News. They wrote a letter saying that FTX leadership may have engaged in deception and dishonesty. What? Quote, we are now unable to perform our work or process grants and have fundamental questions about the legitimacy and integrity of the business operations that were funding the FTX Foundation and the Future Fund, the letter said. As a result, we resigned today. Here's another tweet, too, that I thought was really interesting. Um... Now, I don't know if it's true, right? But you see this from uh, the Wall Street Bets Sherman. The second largest crypto exchange in the world, FTX, stole billions of dollars from their users while having massive company-wide snuggle sessions while doing so. I mean, I, 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 you can't even make this stuff up. People have lost, like... It's easy to make jokes about this, but I can't imagine losing your life savings to these criminals just to hear that they were doing drugs and hooking up while stealing your money. I really feel for those affected. I just hope justice will prevail. Remember, you're not alone. I mean, I don't know if there is any justice. You see, Bill. So anyways, she said stop and I kept going. SBF, the guy who ran it. Uh, Bill, I was talking about getting out of bankruptcy. <laughs> like, this guy's connected with all of like maybe the slimiest slime balls on the planet. And also, um, I don't know, again, this seems suspect, but 
You see Zero Hedge turns out effective altruism was just a smokescreen behind which criminal masterminds commit grotesque fraud while snowflake virtue signalers give them cover. That's exactly what this is. They're talking about all this stuff like, you know, uh, you know, oh, he's doing all the good. He's not trying to make any money. Uh, mm, yeah, everybody was just feeding off this machine. There was a tweet I read earlier. Now, again, I can't say if this is true or not. And I'm not, you know, I'm saying I just read it. That uh, U.S. dollars, let me actually pull it up. You can see FTS bankruptcy shows that the company had 134 affiliates spread across the globe and may have had liabilities. That means, you know, money that they owe out up to $50 billion. Enron had a liability of $23 billion. It may actually be worse. You can see, okay, it's glowing now. This is from Jordy Satch, Jordan Satchel, Satchel, sorry, great follow. Uh, actually, shout out, I'm going to tweet this out. I'll retweet it, buddy. Um, so this is the threat. Sam Bankman-Fried attempted to monopolize an entire industry and deploy it into the hands of the ruling class. His Ponzi scheme blew up, blew up spectacularly after a successfully executed speculative attack. The demise of FTX should be cause for celebration. SBF, that's the CEO, is not your traditional, quote, spook in the sense that he was a government operative, but his companies did attempt to win favor with politicians and regulators. His company was well positioned to become a public-private monopoly, just had to keep the Ponzi scheme going a little bit longer. FYI, it doesn't make sense to me that the feds would want FTX to fail. The man was planning on throwing billions of dollars into the ruling class coffers in the coming years. Now that he can't do that, he'll be going to jail. If FTX was a fed op, then Binance just became their enemy. Unless Binance, which has long been rumored as CCP tied, flipped to US friendly. Again, if FTX was run by feds, why not inject liquidity? Did they not have the budget for the op? Lots of questions on the stage. And then it's officially glowing now. FTX is converting crypto contributions to Ukraine's war effort into fiat for deposit at the National Bank of Ukraine. Like there's, I mean, like it's, it, here's this other one break, breaking Ukraine military aid from USA was invested in crypto FTX by Ukraine. This is just a tweet. You know, Congress sends money to Ukraine. Ukraine invests in FTX. FTX donates money to Democrats. What? What? Ukraine partners with FTX Everstake to launch new crypto donation website. Quote, how to wash your money with Ukraine article by USA. I mean, like, bro. This is like, I mean, you see even Elon, Elon Musk, Sam Bankman fried set off my BS detector when he approached about a Twitter investment. After the epic collapse of Sam Bankman-Fried's entire crypto empire this week, even Elon Musk took a moment from his extremely chaotic week at the helm of Twitter to declare that he never trusted him. Uh, SPF, who stepped down as a CEO of FTX on Friday when the company filed for Chapter 11. Bankman-Fried reached out to Musk back in March through their intermediaries uh, to express his interest in investing in Musk's bid for Twitter. Wonder why? Then the news came out in September when Musk's text messages were leaked through the legal proceeding. Musk's banker on the Twitter deal... Michael Grimes from Morgan Stanley told Musk at the time that SBF was offering at least $3 billion to help Musk buy Twitter and wanted to talk about potential social media blockchain integration. Musk asked Grimes, <laughs> does Sam actually have $3 billion liquid? On Friday night, 
as crypto twitter continued to have a field day recirculating recent history involving us behalf of a popular account that shares internal tech industry emails tweeted out the exchange again musk replied accurate he set off my bs detector which is why i did not think he had three billion dollars now this is not his ex-girlfriend grimes by the way a lawyer grimes had talked up bankman freeds or frieds offered a musk texting he's into you I do believe you will like him. Ultra genius and doer builder like your formula. Built FTX from scratch after MIT physics. Uh, Grimes told Musk, even absent the blockchain component, Bankman Fried wanted to invest. Musk passed. So it looks like Musk saved himself uh, a potential disaster. This is a this could potentially be one of the biggest ops if it ever gets unraveled. If it ever gets unraveled that we've ever seen like do you, i mean imagine just imagine where all this money went where it's going it's going to get unraveled i wonder if you know boy sure is interesting isn't it that their ceo is giving the ruling class a billion dollars and then they were you know and then the money our government sent to ukraine was allegedly invested in ftx I mean, holy guacamole. I'm going to continue to cover this because it's extremely interesting and it's potentially one of the biggest scandals of our time. And next up today, Disney gets woke, goes broke. Massive layoffs hit as stocks hit record low as huge cuts incoming. Oopsie doopsie. Looks like some mass layoffs at Disney on top of the layoffs at Twitter, on top of the layoffs at Facebook. After, uh, well continuing to double down on woke politics. I absolutely couldn't care less. I have become bitter and, 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 uh, grizzled in my old age after dealing with these companies who, who, who are happy to, you know, uh, sneak their, their political ideologies. And by the way, openly admit it into these children's movies. I don't care if Disney collapsed tomorrow. I don't care if Facebook collapsed tomorrow. It's just, I've had enough of these garbage companies and now the chickens have come home to roost for Disney. Classic tweet put out by Gary over neurotic parents outraged over Disney's pushback on Florida's parental rights law. Leave the kids alone and Disney plans layoffs, rigorous review of spending and hiring freeze, tough and uncomfortable decisions coming. Bob Chappick, tells staff well 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 disney to begin layoffs targeted hiring freeze and limiting travel disney will be enacting layoffs implementing a targeted hiring freeze and limiting company travel as part of a sweeping cost cut across leadership on friday in a memo obtained by variety which was sent to top men afternoon D uh, disney ceo bob chapik wrote quote I'm fully aware that this will be a difficult process for many of you and your teams. We are going to have to make tough and uncomfortable decisions, but this is just what leadership requires. And I thank you in advance for stepping up during this important time. Our company has weathered many challenges during our 100 year history, and I have no doubt we will achieve our goals and announce a more nimble company better suited to the environment of tomorrow. Well, Chappick also says that Disney will be conducting a rigorous review of the company's content and marketing spending. With all of these efforts, 
being overseen by a newly formed, quote, cost structure task force comprised of Chappic CFO Christina McCarthy and general counsel Horatio Gutierrez. The layoffs and cost-cutting news hits four days after Disney presented rough quarterly earnings results, which set the company's stock tumbling to its lowest price in more than two years. This article, Disney stock slumps to its two-year-plus low on earnings, weak profit outlook, and high streaming losses into 2023. Updated Disney stock tanked 13.6% back on Wednesday, their lowest level in more than two years after the media conglomerate's quarterly results fell short of Wall Street expectations, and the company signaled that this its direct-to-streaming losses and linear TV declines for the fiscal year of 2023 would be even higher than expected. Disney stock closed at $86 a share on Wednesday, resulting in the company's market cap shedding about $24 billion in value to stand at $158 billion. It's the lowest closing price for Disney shares since March 20th of 2020, when it cratered $85.76 a share amid the dramatic market sell-off, the offset, the lockdowns. Disney's stock slid slide came amid a broader but less severe decline across key market indices. The Dow Jones was down 2%, S&P down 2 and NASDAQ 2.5. Disney reported an operating loss for its streaming segment of $1.5 billion with a B for the quarter October 1st and $800 million more than the year earlier. While revenue did increase to $5 billion, the company attributed the increase to higher losses at Disney Plus, ESPN Plus, and lower results at Hulu. Meanwhile, revenue for Disney's linear television networks, which is pay TV cable networks, dropped 5%. It's almost like actions have consequences. It's almost like attacking the core family basis of 50% of your customers have consequences. And by the way, I can you know, I can, I don't I can't say I remember this because I went to Disney when I was a kid and my parents, this is my parents had to save up for us to go to Disney. Like it was a big deal. Like when my parents said, we're going to go to Disney and we were doing all sorts of stuff like um, taking in aluminum cans and putting all of our change in a jar and doing family stuff to save up money so that we could go to Disneyland. We weren't poor. We were probably middle, lower middle or middle class. Um, both, both of my parents worked in factories. And, and but it was a big deal to go to Florida and to go to Disneyland. Nowadays, Disneyland is like a rich family's thing, isn't it? Like it seems super expensive to go to Disneyland. On top of the fact that they hate half of their customers, it seems like some people have just said, "Meh, I'm cool." And it seems like people have also said, "I'm good on Disney Plus." Streaming services have become so watered down that, uh, and when you combine that with um, building back better with decades high inflation, most working class people are having to make cuts in their life to afford to put gas in their gas tank. So they're looking at, and I'm like paying for Hulu, I'm paying for Disney Plus, I'm paying for Netflix, I'm paying for Paramount Plus, I'm paying for Peacock, I'm paying for Chiller. Maybe I could cut half of these. And people are going to start to make cuts because the whole reason streaming was attractive in the first place was because you got all your programs for like $40 a month and most people were paying like 120 on cable. Now, in order to get all your programs, you're paying close to 120 bucks a month, 200 bucks a month anyway. The article continues. 
The company saw subscriptions for Disney Plus, which launches its ad-supported tier on December 8th, significantly surpass Wall, Wall Street expectations. Disney reported an operating loss for its streaming segment of $1.5 billion. Chapik wrote on Friday that these cost management efforts, which were hinted at himself and McCarthy on the earnings call, are occurring against the backdrop of economic uncertainty. Well, maybe you should stop backing the exact same politicians that keep doing this to you, but I suppose that that's never going to happen. Um, affecting all of Hollywood. Uh, this will help us achieve the important goal of reaching profitability in Disney Plus by fiscal 2024 and make us more efficient and nimble company overall. Well, maybe. Oh, and by the way, most of Marvel Phase 4 has lost money. Have you paid attention to that? The Eternals lost money. Black Widow lost money. Um, Spider-Man made a ton of money, but Disney only gets half of that. Um, Black Panther will probably make money, um, but not that much. Doctor Strange did make money, too. Um, Thor barely broke even. Maybe in the long tail, it's finally made some money. But, like, there's, there is a lot. And this on top of, you know, Marvel fatigue. Phase four was filled with abysmal disappointments. Will Black Panther, Wakanda forever, reignite fading interest in MCU? No, it will not. I suspect Black Panther will be a standalone success, kind of like Spider-Man or maybe um, even Doctor Strange. But the overall interest in the MCU is just tanked. Marvel reached its powerful peak with Avengers Infinity War and Endgame. Infinity War saw the superheroes finally losing and watching loved ones being snapped away to dust. Phase 3 ended on an exalting, bittersweet high. Phase 4 began on an interesting note with Disney Plus series WandaVision uh, that saw two characters a completely novel premise where Wanda crafts her own reality. The show introduced Agatha Harkness and returned to the old Marvel-esque showdown between the two. The Marvel series were far more interesting, and in the case of Loki and Miss Marvel, while Falcon and the Winter Soldier was dull and bland, unfortunately, the same cannot be said for the films. Where Marvel fatigue sets in, the storyline's humor had become abominably predictable. The Eternals, an, an ambitious project for the MCU, was overstuffed with heroes, most of whom stood on the sidelines, save for some scenes, including Angelina Jolie. Brilliant and riveting characters that probably deserve their own series became unidimensional cardboard cutouts. Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson's final hurrah, it's not, she's back, was another abysmal mess which did more injustice to her character than Endgame did. Robbing her of any agency, the film had no personality and not one memorable moment, despite having a promising set of characters. The villain was bland, generic, evil, supposedly dry humor of Florence Puzzelina, was entirely distasteful throughout, and conflict between her and Natasha Romanoff was completely forced, because you knew they would team up anyway. I mean, this is all very true. It is the end of the MCU billion-dollar machine um disney could save this you know they actually they haven't really done anything with star wars in a long time it's mostly because at least from a cinema perspective they don't know what the heck to do with it on disney plus it's a little lower risk because they don't have to spend as much on advertising and the flops are a little less floppy and the hits are a little less hitty but it gets people on their subscription service which is very important to them and next up, Elon Musk makes his first big mistake at Twitter and employees yak into trash cans. Uh, we've got kind of Elon's first gaffe at Twitter. Uh, I've been kind of on record concerned about this paying for a blue checkmark thing and how it could be potentially damaging. And we've already had a slew of accounts that uh, apparently $8, losing $8 just wasn't enough to stop them from 
um, the you know for them to risking permanent ban, and there was some serious damage done. So Twitter blue check mark now unavailable after imposters uh, accounts essentially erupt on the platform, including one that allegedly led to a many billion dollar loss from an insulin company. Uh, now there's a little bit more to the insulin story, but Twitter pauses paid verifications after users abuse the service to impersonate brands and people. Uh, Twitter appears to have paused its $7.99 a month blue subscription service, which allow people to pay for a verification check mark after users were abusing it to impersonate brands and famous people. Twitter launched the service earlier this week. I don't know, maybe just make the check mark a different color. You know, maybe make the just make the check mark a different color. Uh, or like I don't know. Um you know, uh, make it, you know, as, just give them access to the verified tab and have a different color or else, uh, you know, something like that. Um, he's going to have to do that. It, you know, I think he was just wrong about that. He's going to have to, um, because he, you know, maybe he could raise the price, make you pay, pay for the year up front and then it will cost $90 to get suspended off Twitter. I don't know. Twitter appears now Twitter launched the service earlier this week on its iPhone app allowing users to buy the checkmark that had previously been used to show that an account was verified or official. As of Friday, the iPhone app no longer shows the option to sign up for Twitter Blue. The quick suspension of the service suggests that, at least currently, CEO Elon Musk's big plan to generate new revenue from users isn't working as expected. The paid subscription service led to a plethora of pranksters creating imposter accounts on Twitter. It left the platform even more ripe for misinformation, and many cheaply acquired checkmarks were used to impersonate brands, politicians, and celebrities with unflattering messages. One current sales Twitter, uh, sales Twitter employee said that the company decided to pull back on Twitter Blue verification in response to uh, the current spat of uh, impersonators. Now, I, I don't know, like, this was just bad, like... Um, I'm surprised he didn't see this coming. Like $8 is really not a big deal, um, you know, to, 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 to waste on a meme, but, uh, he ends up pausing it. The employee who asked to remain unnamed since they were not authorized to speak on behalf of Twitter said that one account resembling a pharmaceutical giant Eli Lilly caused a serious problem when it tweeted out, we are excited to announce that insulin is free now. I mean, You'd have to be a moron to believe that, but apparently there were a ton of morons. In fact, it hurt like the entire industry. Uh, we're going to get into that. Eli's stock price dropped sharply after the false message was posted, and so did other pharmaceutical companies, including Vi, which also was impersonated on Twitter. At the time, major stock indices were positive amidst a market rally. Good. Are you, am I supposed to feel bad that pharmaceutical companies lost money? Because I don't. Just don't. An impersonator also pilloried Tesla, Elon Musk's electric car maker, uh, using the paid subscriber blue checkmark, an account with the handle that appeared at Tesla Real, wrote a flurry of disparaging tweets, one of which said, honestly, a 53% drop in stock price doesn't phase us. If there's anyone who knows about crashing, it's us. Uh, yeah, the stock price going down is more complex than you might think. Uh, the idea that, you know, they'll probably do a stock buyback, I'm assuming in the near future. 
Um, but yeah, Tesla stock is definitely down. There are a lot of people, investors that didn't like that Elon spent a bunch of money on Twitter and they took it out on the Tesla stock because he would be leveraged so heavily to own Twitter. Uh, the effect of so many changes on the Twitter platform presents a big problem for advertisers, some of which have already paused uh, advertising there. Nobody really significant. Additionally, some users who already pay for the service said their recently acquired blue check marks have disappeared from their accounts. A Twitter spokesperson was not immediately available for comment. Musk was not immediately also available. The rollback of Twitter Blue Verified comes at a time when Musk and Alex Spiro, who's acting as Twitter's top lawyer now, are working to reassure employees, advertisers, and regulators that they will comply with all laws and terms of prior FTC consent degree. I mean, I don't know why anyone would think that they wouldn't. It's such a weird thing. Elon Musk wrote in a company-wide email obtained on, by CNBC on Thursday that I cannot emphasize enough that Twitter will do whatever it takes to adhere to both the letter and the spirit of the FTC consent decree. Anything you read to the contrary is absolutely false. The same goes for any other government regulatory matters, matters where Twitter operates. Spiro said in another email that followed up with his team that he had spoken with the FTC regulators on Thursday and that Twitter had its first upcoming compliance check with the agency soon. He emphasized that Twitter itself, not individuals who work for Twitter, would be held liable for any violations. As NBC previously reported, an exodus of Twitter executives since Musk took over has included the departure of the company's head, trust and safety, Yoel Roth, good, a chief information security officer, Leah Kessner, fine, among many others involved in the infrastructure of trust and safety. Now, of course, the media is over-reporting um, all of these like departures as if it's like, oh my God, Twitter's going to totally collapse now. You see this, again, this narrative about, you see, uh, we are excited to announce that insulin is now free. Uh, and then you see they went from a stock price of, I don't know, 350s or 360s down to 345. Um, and it said, did Twitter Blue just cost Eli Lilly billions of dollars? Yes. Incredible. Eli Lilly dives after fake Twitter account promises free insulin, takes Novo Nordisk, Sanofi with it. Um, well, there's more to the story than that. It's, it, it, you know, it says here, you know, Eli Lilly stock isn't just tanking because of a satirical tweet on Musk's hellscape. It's tanking because millions of people are asking why we have to pay for insulin when it's when it was made to be free. That's other. That's why other insulin stocks are falling, too. Happy Disability Awareness Month. Investors fear culture caught up with them. Most people know insulin's discovery was funded with taxpayer dollars. Insulin's cheaper everywhere else. Insulin's inventors sold the patent for $1 to a university because they wanted everyone to be able to afford it. 100% agree with this. Mike, 100% agree that insulin should be available at cost, at a real cost, and that market should be competitive. Even the Wall Street Journal, not exactly the champion of the people over profit, publicly dings Eli Lilly for its immoral, immoral price gouging of insulin. Insulin is a life-saving medication used to control blood sugar levels in people with diabetes. The betus. Lawmakers who believe it's too expensive to try the lower the cost, a vial of one of Lilly's more common insulins, Humalog, is $275 before insurance payment. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Now, if you look up the top producers of insulin, more evidence that investors know how vulnerable the insulin grift is. Any news is bad news because we're all paying attention now. Good. Good. Like I 100% believe or support 
uh, these drug companies getting hosed. 100% support it. Um, and, and you see also a funny story. Twitter manager vomited after Elon Musk ordered him to fire employees. This just, this is like, uh, I don't know if this is supposed to be like an own or something like that, but quite frankly, all this does is prove that, uh, everybody that works at Twitter is a lily livered, uh, Nancy. I mean, look, I've had to fire people and I've said on this channel, if you've been around a long time, it was the, probably the worst day of my life. And some bad things have happened to me, but because I cared about my team and I knew that I was imposing at least temporary significant strife on them, I didn't feel good about it. In fact, it made me quit the company. Uh, it was a, a, the biggest contributing factor to me quitting that company a little bit later because I just, it just felt so bad. But here's the thing. You have a responsibility to do your job. And at the end of the day, you're not getting fired. You don't get to, to have an emotional breakdown. You have to st stay strong and you have to, I, this is probably like an unfair uh, comparison, but for me, it kind of rings true because I really cared about my employees. I didn't have any bloat on my team. In fact, you know, my team had the least number of cuts. I only had to cut six people out of like almost 50 or something at the time. Um, other teams were making 50 or 60% cuts, but, uh, you know, I cared about everybody. I knew their families and it's like, you have a duty to be strong there. It's just like, uh, maybe when you're at the vet and you have to make that final decision for your beloved pet, like you need to be strong and be, and, and, um, be a rock for your pet because that's a part of the deal, right? That's the agreement when you adopt a pet, you take a pet in, um, they need you to take care of them. They need you in the end to make the right decision for them. Uh, it's not that dissimilar for me because I cared so much about my, about my employees. Uh, you could see the, <laughs> a Twitter manager <laughs> yacked in a trash can after new Elon Musk directed him to fire hundreds of employees as part of the company's decision to slash its workforce in half. The details revealed in a sweeping New York Times report published Friday that painted a grim picture of Twitter's overhaul as it faces executive resignation, fleeing advertisers, and revenue struggles. It's funny how, again, according to the media, all these problems are brand new. You know, all these problems are brand new and never existed before uh, a week ago. You know, Times spoke with 36 current and former Twitter employees since Musk's takeover of the social media giant, some of whom told the newspaper many staffers learned about mass layoffs via an internal Slack channel where HR and legal teams discussed the impending move two days before. One widely shared message on Slack indicated as many as 3,738 employees would be laid off. Employees immediately began saying their goodbyes and exchanging information, the Times reported. One engineering manager was approached by Musk's advisors, or goons, as Twitter employees called them, with a list of hundreds of people he had to let go, he yacked into a trash can near his feet. I mean, doesn't sound like he's made out for the corporate cutthroat world then. Since the layoffs, Musk has scrambled to rein in the floundering company, introducing a controversial blue checkmark. Again, I'm not exactly sure where this, oh, the company's about to collapse thing. Like, these articles weren't being written about Twitter when they were publicly traded. So it, it's pretty hilarious. I think it was definitely a pretty big backfire on the checkmark thing. Lesson learned there. Um, I'm assuming we might see some lawsuits, to be honest with you. Um, 
not necessarily with Twitter, but uh, that individual user. They'll probably figure out who that was um, because the pharmaceutical industry is uh, evil and, and bad all around. Um, and uh, look at me being all liberal. The, uh, you know, I think uh, it's it, he's going to make a lot of mistakes, but I also think it's hilarious how the media is just, you know, overblowing every single one of them. I hope you enjoyed this video. We'll talk to you guys real soon. 